You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 293. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 293. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, hello, my love. Oh, well, hello. Hello, governor. Hello. (laughs) How are you this lovely day? I'm doing wonderful. Are you ready to talk to the pod people? I am ready to get these pod people motivated. That's right. That's right. We've got a, <clears throat> yep. a, a great show lined up for you. And today we're going to talk about perfectionism. Ooh. This is probably one of the most pervasive issues that I see in my audience. Typically, people-pleasing, perfectionism. Mm-hmm. You know, that really strong investment in what other people think and perfectionism. And so they really go hand in hand in a lot of ways. So we're going to unpack four different ways that it is robbing you of your joy. And then we're going to look at what to do about it. And I may even have some additional freebies for you. Uh Uh-oh. So definitely want to hang in there today. But as you know, before we jump into all of our delicious, serious, serious personal development. We like to do an even more serious topic that we like to call... Would you rather? Yeah, so this... Wow, babe. I really... You like that segue? I really... You took the ownership of it. I did. I, I said, I'm, this is where we're going with this. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> well, like, it's not my fucking show. <laughs> you didn't know that yet by now? Come on. Come on. God, you know I've been carrying your ass for years. <laughs> it's so hard to find good help. <laughs> I've been carrying your ass for years. Uh, uh, Have fun sleeping on the couch tonight, Smith. <laughs> I don't fit on the couch. That's going to suck. <laughs> All right. All right. So what you got? Would you rather have a photographic memory oh. or gain 40 IQ points? Wow. 40 IP- IQ points is a decent amount. Is it? Yeah. I don't know what that translates to mean. Does that just mean I I know I'm smarter, but do I have like more business acumen? Am I better at math? Am I better mm. at it like history recalling? You mm. know, like I don't know what mm. I think what IQ is, it's an intelligence quotient, right? Yeah. So it's talking about how intelligent you are. When you're reading materials, like whatever your subject is, yeah. you'd be able to retain it more and use it better. But wouldn't you, if you had a photographic memory, you could remember yeah. anything, really. Yeah. It's probably kind of like six of one, half dozen of the other. A little bit. Thing. A little bit. I think, I think I'd think i go for photographic memory because I, I feel like I'm almost there already. But I, it's, it's really weird. It's like my photographic memory is not in focus. Oh, what a trip. So when, like, I remember when I would study, or even now when I study, I can picture my page of notes and i can picture where things are highlighted how many lines were highlighted i can tell if there's like a larger word and then a smaller word or what was bolded i can picture that stuff but it's like it's blurry Hmm. it's Hmm. not crystal clear 
Interesting. So I would, That's great. I would lo- that was always my that frustration, you. you know, because I would try to recall things that I had studied in high school and college and I could see exactly where it was in the, in my notes or in the textbook, but then I couldn't always recall it. Couldn't recall it. Wow. What a trip. That's really, so you're almost there already. So that's why I'm saying it was always mm. so frustrating. So if I could actually have it be crystal clear, I think I'd take you're that going one. With that? Okay. What about you? I think I'm going to go with IQ. Yeah? Because I don't necessarily need a photographic memory. Mm. I feel like if if I'm able to pick a book up and retain it better, let's say, for instance, I'm having a conversation with somebody. Yeah. I can't use my photographic memory when I'm talking to someone. But having a higher intelligence allows me to have a, a a deeper conversation with that person. Well, couldn't you recall things from memory because you would have seen them? If you'd seen them. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we would, this is great. This is a really, this is a, hmm. Mm. Things that make you go, hmm. This one might increase your IQ. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not guaranteed. <laughs> we would love Nothing to, in life is guaranteed. We would love to hear what you would rather. And there's a place for you to share that with us. If you are not aware of this already, I have a very inclusive, exclusive Facebook group. It's inclusively exclusive. That's right. Yeah. And it is a very awesome corner of the internet. And it's called the Joy Junkie After Hours Club. And it's really a place for camaraderie and to ask for advice and to give support to one another. Uh, We talk about the Would You Rather every single Monday, which is hilarious. Yeah. And it's fun to hear what people's arguments are or Mr. Smith comes in and cracks the whip and but a lot of times I will uh, will do Warm Fuzzy Wednesdays every single Wednesday. And then on Thursdays, I do a live Q&A segment, affectionately called Q and Slay, where you can get your questions answered. So if you've ever been listening to the pod and you're like, ooh, I have this other question that's come up. Or I know you always talk about this related to boundaries, but I would love to hear more about what do I do if this is the scenario? So you have the opportunity to throw those questions into the space. And I oftentimes will sound off on them. And it's really cool just to be around other people who are working on the same shit yeah, and who understand, sure. you know, we, we want those rich connections with people who, who are hard, are genuinely trying to live their best life. Right. So all you got to do is go to the joyjunkie.com slash club. That link will redirect you right over to the Facebook group. And, Come hang out. It'll be it'll be a blast. So let's talk about Oh, and Mr. Smith is there too, by the way, which is fun. Where am I at? You're in the after hours group. In the after hours, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You hang out. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. I'm in there. People go, Oh, I get to know Mr. Smith's real name. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's in it's Intel. It's insider Intel. Yeah, you know, it's just for the VIPs. <laughs> That's right. So how about we dig into some perfectionism stuff? Let's do it. So the first thing that I want to do is I want to outline four key things to understand about perfectionism. And a lot of times we, and in my, in fact, myself included, I wore that kind of badge of perfectionist as a badge of honor. And I think we need to get, get it out of our heads that perfectionism is somehow this really amazing trait. Yeah. Because it's okay. it's really not in a lot of ways. And we're going to talk about why. But number mm. one, number one that you have to understand, and this is why it is so paralyzing and frustrating, is because it actually doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. There's no way to say 
I am now a perfect. perfect human. Like, do you have the perfect body? That means without any room for improvement. Is that there's zero room for improvement? There's zero room for improvement in your workplace? I mean, it's, it is such a ridiculously obscene goal for us to have because it simply is unattainable. Right. It's not attainable. Huh. So, yeah. By definition, really. So the whole idea of being perfect or getting to a place where something is finally enough is so frustrating because you can't ever get there. It's like this never-ending game of whack-a-mole, yeah, right? It's like, a, for sure. it pops up, you get it. Okay, perfect. I, I did a flawless report over here. Oh, what? My body's not perfect. Get that. Okay, perfect. And then, oh, here's another. And it's never-ending, and we keep chasing and chasing and chasing. And what happens when we do that, and I need you to hear me on this, is we are perpetually putting our happiness on hold. Because most of the time, we think, this isn't good enough. I'll be happy you, when... And it usually yeah. translates to negative self-talk. You're uh, not good enough. You must do more. But we are holding ourselves to this ridiculously lofty standard. And we are going to come up short every fucking time. Yeah. Because we can't reach perfection. There's no, yeah. It's not, yeah. It's not attainable. Yeah. So I need you to understand that it is not a badge of honor. In fact, it is something that is stealing your happiness. It's stealing your joy. And it's not allowing you to move forward, which brings me to number two. It is the number one cause of procrastination that I see in my audience. I can't tell you how many times I've had clients or students where there's been an assignment to do a journal prompt or to write a letter to themselves or work with a new belief. And they're so concerned about the new belief or the new statement being flawless. They never actually get to it. <laughs> never get to it. Right. And I'm like, done is better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. We just need something to start taking action on. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can relate. A lot of people think I can't start my business until my website is flawless or until I have all of this extra education under my belt. I need to be perfect before I get back involved in the dating scene. Yeah. I need to look a specific way. And guess what? You're still unhappy and alone in desiring that soulmate connection. So there's a lot of times where perfectionism keeps us rooted in inaction. It keeps us inactive because we procrastinate the fuck out of things yeah. because they're not perfect. Yeah. 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 Almost right. always, if somebody identifies as being somewhat of a perfectionist, I can also show you somebody who puts shit off all the time. Yeah. What I find interesting is people that uh, claim perfectionism will tell you. Right. Right. Oh, I'm a perfectionist, so I just need to get this done this way. Right. right. And I'm like, oh, they wear it do as you a, though? Yeah, but you're not doing it. Right, right. Yeah. It's how things have to mm -hmm. be done. And that's one of the, it's something that I speak very much from personal experience with because for me, it was not just the amount of tasks that were on my to do list, it was how each task must be done. Hmm. So a lot of times I'll give examples with my classes and everybody just starts laughing because they understand. Where I'm like, how many of you have a spouse who just doesn't load the dishwasher the right way? <laughs> so delegating to your spouse, thinking, 
they need to load the dishwasher. And then you go in and see all this space for four more bowls. So you redo the entire fucking thing. And when you stand outside of it, when you stand outside of that scenario, that was a waste of fucking time. Yeah. The idea that you could have cleaned four more bowls is a waste of your mental bandwidth. Yeah. Like those are the things that I'm talking about letting go of. So a lot of times we, we, have these kind of self-inflicted rules. So we'll talk about that a little bit in a minute. All right. So number one, perfectionism actually doesn't exist. So we need to let go of that. And I, I guess I shouldn't say perfectionism. That obviously is an issue. But actually getting too perfect is a fallacy. Number two, it's the number one cause of procrastination. And number three, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. So if I take that exact scenario... When you see that your partner didn't load the dishwasher the way you think it needs to be done because it's all about how something's accomplished. Yeah. What happens for you? You have a stressful emotion. You get frustrated. You probably pick a fight with your partner over something that is absolutely asinine and doesn't matter. (laughs) You don't feel good. I know for me, if I have a death grip on how something has to look or be or feel, That's usually when, I mean, I'm even clenching my fists right now. It makes me anxious. I hold all this tension in my body. It doesn't feel good. Doesn't. You're right. It feels good to do a really stand-up job. It feels good for me to do something with excellence. And we'll talk about that a little bit later as like reframing your perspective about the tasks at hand. But shooting for total control and it has to look this exact way or else, uh, 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 uh. That typically evokes a feeling that we're not comfortable with. Right. It just doesn't feel very good. Hmm. And then number four reason why perfectionism is kind of robbing that joy is it usually means if we're talking about underneath the behavior, behind the behavior, what fuels perfectionism, it usually means that there's a belief that you are not enough. Mm Mm-hmm. That is probably one of the most common beliefs tied to perfectionism. It's sort of a, they run in tandem. It's usually, if I'm not perfect at this job, if I'm not a perfect mother, a perfect partner, a perfect philanthropist, whatever it might be, then I am not enough. So what we've done is we've now weighed all of our worth into our accomplishments, into our tasks that aren't able to ever reach enoughness. Yeah, yeah. That totally makes sense when you say it, but I don't think in your mind that it clicks that way. No. You know, you never really think about that, but that, that's that's enlightening. But yeah. it's also because that's kind of what we're taught. Yeah. We are taught to constantly seek our fulfillment, our identity in things outside of ourselves. True. People want to know, what do you do? What's your job? They want to know if you're partnered. We have this ridiculous status around whether you're partnered or not. Do you have children? What sort of house do you live in? People, that's what we ask each other. We don't say like, who are you? What are you passionate about? What do you care about? Mm -hmm. We look at all these ridiculous outside of ourselves markers of, am I a valuable human in this society or not? Right. So knowing that it's like, well, of course I'm chasing all of these things, but you're also collapsing, I'm guessing your self-worth into the attainment of those things, which is something that I, I mean, that is the bulk of the work that I do truly is taking those beliefs 
and dismantling them and and actually fueling your life with beliefs that fulfill you. In fact, I have a very cool thing that I want to share with you guys right now before we even jump in. But do you quickly do you hear do you hear a little something? What am I what am I listening for? I think it's something coming around a bend. Oh yeah, I can hear a little gnat in my ear. Oh Oh, there it is. We interrupt this broadcast of the Joy Junkie Show to bring you this urgent free shit alert. Repeat, this is a free shit alert. That's right! Free shit alert! Free shit alert! Here's the deal. You may have heard about this in a couple of my past episodes, but I have a brand new free workshop that's available to you. You can access it by going to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. And what this is, is the five major steps and shifts that I take my students and clients through when we work through Deep Down and Dirty. That's my core program. These are the five shifts that we go through in order to get them to the place where they've let go of perfectionism, the grip that people pleasing has on them, and start to let go of this self-doubt place. You know, you want to go for that new job, but then there's that voice of like, well, what if this? What if that? What if this? (laughs) I talk a lot about blame, blaming others for your circumstance or blaming yourself, but probably one of the biggest pieces is this concept of belief, like what we were talking about with perfectionism. There, We don't just search out being perfect, a, a goal that is literally unattainable for the fuck of it. We do it because we are fueled by some sort of belief underneath there. Yeah. So there is this thing that happens, though, when we cognitively and intellectually know that we need something or need to do something, but then there's this belief that's actually housed in our subconscious that's running the show, that's Mm -hmm. actually running the show. So an example would be, you know, mentally, we know exactly what we need to do to get into physical shape. We know exactly what we need to do. Sure. We need to, it's very simple. You work out and you eat healthy. Very clear. We're all fucking clear on that. But why don't we do it? Well, because that logic is housed in the 12% of our conscious mind. The belief underneath that is probably something like, I don't believe that I have time. I don't believe that I have strength. Some people, it's, I don't know if I'm worth it. I think that that's a selfish thing when I should be paying attention to my family. Some people mask things that are that are troubling for them by keeping weight on they insulate themselves and hide out from dating or things like that there's a deep belief underneath there so just knowing it intellectually there's a disconnect right so that's why i'm talking about this with with perfectionism you can logically know that doesn't make sense with the dishwasher i should just let that go or i logically know i'm taking way too much time on this project right now but there is a subconscious belief that is pushing you towards that perfectionism. Hmm. And in this workshop, I break down that cognitive dissonance. The reason why I, you know, positive affirmations don't work. We think, just tell myself I am enough or I am beautiful or I love myself. Why is there such a disconnect? Because your belief in your subconscious that's running the show, 88% is saying, no, you're not enough. So of course <laughs> they don't work. But anyway, I break all of that down in the workshop. So if this is something that you've been struggling with, whether it's people-pleasing, perfectionism, self-doubt, all of that has to do with what is being 
the, the sort of circuit board that's happening in your subconscious mind. That's running the show. So if you huh. want to learn more about that, I highly suggest you get your ass to class. It's totally free. And all you got to do is go to thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop and you will be entered right in. I really, truly hope that you take me up on that. It sounds amazing. So let's talk about <laughs> what to do. Thank you, babe. Let's talk about what to do about this perfectionism. So if we're if we're bought in and okay, Amy, I get it. It is why I put so much shit off. It doesn't feel good. You're right. It doesn't really exist. And you're right. I oftentimes don't think I'm enough. Okay, I'm on board. Now what the fuck do I do? Well, first of all, get your ass to class and go watch that damn workshop. Get your ass to class. And I'm going to break down five more steps that you can take here. Number one, first and foremost, this is so easy. All of you can do this today. And this has to do with what we were talking about with having perfectionism be a badge of honor. In fact, it would even, did you ever have where somebody would suggest to you when you go to interviews and somebody says, what's, what's your, what's your worst quality to go? Oh, well, I'm a perfectionist. Did you, did you ever hear that? No. Like people, you know, when, when they say, well, what's your, what's your biggest challenge to say oh, something yeah, yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. I'm a really a perfectionist, <laughs> right say, yeah, you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. So okay. guess what? Yeah, it is a problem. A lot of times perfectionism is a problem because then even in like a collaborative work scenario, if somebody else doesn't do things the way you think is flawless, you know, flawless and perfect, then we have a lot of opposition with team members or subordinates or what, what have you. Yeah. Okay, so the first thing you've got to do is you have got to stop calling yourself a perfectionist. You have to stop identifying as shit you don't want. Stop calling yourself a people pleaser. Stop saying, I am a perfectionist if you don't want to keep this behavior perpetuating. <laughs> yep. Stop claiming an identity that is not what you desire. So you can say things like recovering perfectionist, a perfectionist in remission, <laughs> uh, l- loosening the grip on perfectionism tendencies. I'm learning how to... Release with love, loosen up control, whatever you want to say, but stop branding yourself as something that is not a badge of honor. All right? That's number one. Number two, recognize your self-inflicted rules about being perfect. I think many of us have sticking points. I had one for the longest time around the type of makeup that I wore. Like I couldn't just throw on a quick face. There was a very specific rule for me in my own head. I was the one who created it about the process of my makeup. It had to go a very specific way with a specific amount of tools, specific amount of products. So doing a, like a Cliff's Notes version of that makeup felt unacceptable. (laughs) Right, right. And so it took me a long time to go, that's your self-inflicted rule that's causing pain. It makes it so that you can't go places quickly and it makes it so that you feel uncomfortable if you don't have, you know, and so that's something that I very much work through. The example of the dishwasher is huge. You know, is there some sort of grip that you've got on a rule that you have instituted in your life that doesn't really have to be that way? Another great example for myself is, my perfectionism definitely shows up in areas around online presence huh. as far as branding. Okay. Anything that comes to my website, graphics, 
I can be like, should I move this five centimeters to the left? Do I need a different? Ooh, what if uh, I try a do different? And, and you've been like, babe, it doesn't matter if it's a, like one shade lighter or if it's one font size bigger. Like it's, I need to back away from that shit <laughs> because those are the rules, right? Those are the rules that I have created. That's where I see it show up for me. So I want you to start looking at what are your self-inflicted rules? Are there things that you won't allow for your physical body? Like my example of not going out without makeup. Are there things for your home? Like no one can come over unless my house is flawless or they can never see my kid with chocolate smeared all over his face. (laughs) Are there rules that lock you into these perfectionist tendencies that there you are scrambling to make your house look flawless before somebody comes over because God forbid they see you in a light that feels unbecoming of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God forbid you're a fucking human. Human, yeah. Exactly. That's what I was just going to say. So I want you to check in on two places here with these rules. I want you to check in on your thinking the actual process that's happening in your mind, your self-talk, are you saying things like, that's unacceptable, we can't do it that way, we must have it this way? Is there an all or nothing thinking happening? And I actually did a podcast specifically about that mindset. So I'm going to link to that in the show notes too. If you find (laughs) you are black and white or it's go big or go home, all or nothing, definitely have a listen to that podcast because it talks a lot about These sorts of things, relinquishing that control. The other piece is your behavior, like we were talking about. Are there things that you do? Like, do you turn around, come home, and because you're so freaked out about something being perfect in your house? Or, like, are there behavioral things that you do? Interesting. Because... They have to be a specific way, or you've got these rules in your world. I'm trying to think if there's any other major rules that I see people create for themselves. A lot of times there's restrictions. You can't do this until you've done that. Mm-hmm. So they might show up as different restrictions that you give to yourself, penalties. All right. So that's what I want you to start looking at. Where in my mind am I wrapped up into that can't happen? And then huh. how does that infuse into my behavior? Checking for those self-inflicted rules. Okay, so we got number one, stop identifying as a perfectionist. Number two, check your thinking and your behavior for self-inflicted rules. Number three, this is a piece for you to journal. What do you make it mean if you are not perfect? And you might want to take your specific scenarios. What does it mean if I don't do this report Mm, perfectly? What does it mean if I don't look a perfect way if I'm not a perfect size three or I don't know, no lines on my face or whatever it might be. What do you make it mean if you aren't those things? If you aren't the valedictorian, if you aren't the perfect student, if you aren't top in business in your, you know, the biggest in sales in your company, what do you make that mean? Hmm. Spoiler alert, most people mean, make it mean I'm not good enough. I'm not enough. If I'm not perfect, I'm not enough. That is one of the most prevailing, prevalent internal beliefs that I see nonstop. I can imagine. But see, do the journaling and see what comes up for you. What is your investment in things looking that very specific way? Number four, this is something that I 
I have found a lot of comfort in. And it's a phrase that I use. And I want you to have the full permission to tweak this, to use some semantics that resonate with you. But I say, strive for excellence, not perfection. Huh. And sometimes I'll just drop the perfection and just say, strive for excellence, strive for excellence. Because there's a way for me to go, I enjoy a job well done. I enjoy things being polished and pristine, but not at all costs. So it's right on that fine line. If I find myself working on my damn website until like midnight, that I go, (laughs) okay, nope, it's crossed that line to where it's now in control of me. Now we're moving into perfectionism instead of excellence. Let's take a step back here. But you can come up with any other word, and it's essentially where you want to be motivated from. So let's say your scenario is around work, and you always feel like you have to be the perfect employee. What if you were striving for impact, like actually creating an impact in your work? Or for Hmm. you, what if you said, babe, like, I'm going to strive for health, I'm going to be an advocate for health today yeah. instead of perfectionism. Yeah. Some people who, you know, if if you've got real issues around family and you feel like you have to be the perfect host when they come around or you have to give the perfect gifts, what if you were striving for connection instead of perfectionism? Yeah. Yeah. Imagine like that. Imagine if you were going to a family function where you were always so concerned with being the perfect daughter or son or whatever. in law. And instead you said, I'm not focusing on that today. I'm going to focus on connection. I'm going to focus on love. I'm striving for connection. So it's a way for you to change your perspective about the task at hand because perfection is a waste of our time because it just straight up doesn't fucking exist. And it usually perpetuates that notion of I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. Because you come up empty every fucking time. time, You don't ever get to perfect. So you have to really be aware of, oh, yeah, this is this is a dangling carrot situation. It's right. better than a dangling Chad. That's right. Oh, my gosh. A little 90s humor there for you. Or maybe <laughs> well, it was 90s politics. 2000s. Well, those 2000s, yeah. That's those right. 2000s. Yeah, we definitely are Gen Xers over here. <laughs> <laughs> barely. I'm barely a Gen Xer, but I'm going to claim that. I will claim that. You're going to claim it? I'm going to take it, yes. You don't want to be a millennial? I do not. Yeah. However, no, I'm, I've am i got a, a very fond place in my heart for millennials. Me too. I think they're going to save us, personally. I agree. I think Z generation is going to fucking save us. Yeah, hopefully. For sure. Somebody, we got a somebody, hope. somebody fucking save <laughs> us. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So here we go. Number one, stop calling yourself a perfectionist. Number two, recognize your self-inflicted rules related to your thinking and your behavior. Number three, take some time to journal around what you make it mean If you are not perfect, number four, create a new mantra around your key trigger for perfectionism. Something like strive for excellence, not perfection. Strive for connection. Focus on impact instead of perfectionism. It's basically just the lens through which we are looking at our particular issue. Instead of looking at it through, oh my God, I got to be flawless. What if it, oh my gosh, look at the impact we can create through this project. That's great. It's a great mind shift. And number five, this is a great, just kind of a quick little hack if you're noticing yourself getting sucked into perfectionism. Check in on the big picture. Most of the time, perfectionism rears its ugly head around minutia, around the tiny intricacies of 
the dishwasher being a specific, like, so if I took that and I said, okay, let's look at the meta view instead of the micro view. Yeah. If we looked at the meta view of Amy Smith's life, how much does that fucking dishwasher matter? It doesn't. But when we're stuck in the minutiae, when we're stuck in that micro view, things feel like, I can't believe I don't have time for the laundry. And oh my gosh, you washed it with what? It has to be this. It's not that big of a deal. We make things monolithic that really don't have to be. Yeah. So most of the time, this is at least my case. If I notice that I'm really holding on tightly to how something has to be, almost always, it is not a mammoth issue that's really going to impact my world in my life. Every once in a while there is something that, you know, like it's really important that a ride is lined up in order to get to the airport because we have some, you know, sometimes that stuff is really important. Noticing for you where you have that death grip on that micro view, check in on the big picture. So one of the phrases that I use a lot of times is in the grand scheme of Amy Smith's life, how important is this? Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. important is this? Or what would my 80-year-old self tell me about this? Would she be like, yeah, better stay up till 12 o'clock working on the perfect color green for your website? Because <laughs> that makes a difference in people's lives. <laughs> Dude. Did you see that Amy put the perfect color green up on her website? I think she indented the font another half inch. I'm pretty sure she did. Wow. I don't think I'm going to learn from her anymore. <laughs> like, do you see what I'm saying, you guys? Thanks for acting that out with me. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> that was fun. But yeah, the big picture, that is really, really important. So here, here we've got a, a quick little recap, all right? What to do about this perfectionism? Number one. Stop identifying as something you don't want to be. Stop calling yourself a perfectionist. It's not a badge of honor. It's not. Number two, recognize any thinking or behavior that is really cementing your self-inflicted rules. Number three, journal about it. Get it out on paper. What do you make it mean if you aren't perfect? And a little side note here, I just learned in my hypnotherapy training, which is blowing my fucking mind, by the way. That when we write out on paper, we start to access the conscious mind. Mm. And we typically don't see it until usually at least halfway through and then through the bottom page. Because at the top part of the page, I'm learning this in my handwriting analysis, we start off with a lot of our conscious brain. And we start off by saying, oh, I I don't know what to write here. I'm supposed to free write, I guess, da, 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 da. And then we start to access the subconscious. So when you get closer to the bottom of the page, typically you can start seeing when some of these beliefs are coming out. Cool. So that's what's going to happen for you if you start digging into this. What do you make it mean if you are not perfect? Number four, strive for excellence, not perfection, or come up with your own mantra. And number five, Check in on the big picture. Look at how important is this tiny thing that you are trying to perfect. How important is this, really? And how important is it that you do it this exact way? Yeah. That's so true. It might be important that you get it done, but it might not have to be done exactly that way. And again, I'm going to link to... In the show notes, I'm going to link to the All or Nothing podcast, a control podcast that we did, and that workshop. Because if you're fascinated by any of this this talk around how the subconscious works, I think you're going to be really fascinated by the stuff in the workshop because it starts to hit home of like, oh, no wonder some of this personal development hasn't stuck. Yeah, yeah. No wonder that didn't 
help me to say, I love myself. Like, no wonder. You're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. I love to tell people, there's nothing wrong with you. There's just probably something wrong with your beliefs. (laughs) That's it. And we can switch beliefs, which is really exciting. That is exciting. So be sure to check out thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. And when you cruise over there, be sure to pay attention to the day and time. If that doesn't work for you, just pop back in at another time when it does work for you and you can catch it at different dates and times. So it's pretty cool like that. Is there anything you wanted to throw in the mix around perfectionism? No, I think I've... No. I feel like I've uh, made an excellent contribution to this podcast and I do not need to perfect it. (laughs) Well played, Mr. Smith. Well played. So on that note, we will leave you to find all the freebies in the show notes. Don't forget to come hang out with us in the After Hours community. And just thank you for hanging out and desiring to be a better person in this world. This is exactly what we need. More people like you caring about being better. That's right. So we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Out.